Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week we discuss a movie and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to watch and discuss. All the movies are available from the major streaming services so that you can participate right along with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. Joining me is Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Christine Deacon. Hi. Josh Dean. Hello there. Nathan McKinney. Hello. And Alicia Walker. Hello. And today's suggestion uh, comes from me. It is the 1967 Audrey Hepburn film, Wait Until Dark, the synopsis of which is a recently blinded woman is terrorized by a trio of thugs while they search for a heroin stuffed doll they believe is in her apartment. Um, But first, we're going to talk about some things we've been watching lately. Christine, what have you been watching lately? I recently watched uh, Tignataro's uh, newest uh, sort of stand-up drawn, uh, taking her stand-up and putting... It's an animated stand-up special. I I really enjoyed it. It's excellent. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I especially liked her uh, wisdom teeth story. Uh, I related to that. I felt like that was something that could very much happen to me. which story? The the when she had her wisdom teeth taken out, um, and she was at like back. Uh, at, yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't want to spoil yeah. anything for anybody. Yeah, that is an epic. No wisdom teeth's enough to not yeah. spoil anything, but that is yeah, yeah, that's an epic story. Exactly. Um, and the animation is really fun. Um, uh, they like every bit has like a different animation style and a lot of them were done by different animation firms. Like that's the only way they could have gotten this produced anywhere close to quickly. Otherwise it would have taken them like three years to put this special out for one animation studio to do it. Um, And so I think that's really cool. And then like all of the characters from her animated uh, segments come together at the end and like take a bow on stage with her. It's great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. Alicia, how about you? Uh, I've been trying to watch uh, some new series and things. We've been plugging away at some old friends episodes and stuff, but uh, here and there I've been trying to hit some different series. And one of them I did because it was a quick one was a new one on Netflix uh, called Heist. Yep. Came up. It's a good one. You know, true crime, few episodes, quick watch, folding laundry, whatever. Uh, it's only three stories, basically. So it's just uh, these three kind of a true crime, not murder kind of true crime. It's more, I mean, it's heist. So it's people stealing stuff. So, yeah. um, but all three were kind of interesting, uh, two of which involved uh, a big robbery of, of cash. And then the last one I thought was extra interesting, which was uh, Pappy Gate, which was the famous Pappy Van Winkle uh, bourbon robbery that happened about, 10 or 15 years ago. So that one was really interesting, I thought, especially. And it was kind of nice because each story got two episodes. So each story is kind of a movie. It's got two one-hour episodes, and then there's only six episodes then total. So um, it was kind of quick, but it kind of gave you a lot more of the story than you might have gotten with just a typical one-hour you know, per heist kind of a thing. So yeah, if you like a lighter true crime thing, I think it would be worth watching on Netflix. Yeah, I pretty much inhale all of true crime at this point so yeah it's it's pretty rare that there's one especially a new one that that comes out that i have i don't immediately watch so 
Yeah, I'm down with the algorithm for sure. So Hannah keeps asking me if I'm planning to murder someone and Ah. Just steal barrels of bourbon, that's all. It's really interested. I, I, I watch a uh, YouTube pod or YouTube podcast. It's it's a YouTube series called The Behavior Panel where body language and interrogation experts um, review pop culture interviews and murderer interviews and all kinds of different things um, and talk about what they see and how much they believe what the person's saying and all that kind of stuff. So Hmm. it's pretty interesting. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Yeah. um, So there's a new series and I I honestly don't know much about the series per se, um, but the first episode, which is a full length movie, uh, came out. The, the series is called Music Box, um, mm-hmm. but the episode that came out was called 99 Woodstock. Yep. The, and, the most uh, horrifying uh, horror movie of the year so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had just got done watching the uh, Summer of 69 or whatever. Summer, summer of Soul. Summer of Soul, not that long ago. So this was a nice, uh, really harsh contrast to that. <laughs> um, you know, I. I think what was kind of interesting to me was to kind of reflect on where I was with music at the time um, while all this crazy shit was going on, because I remember specifically, you know, because it talks a lot about the um, the kind of the MTV uh, taking on of like, uh, what was the show at the end of uh, the show? That they TRL? Video? TRL. They talked mm-hmm. about the TRL phenomenon and how it was kind of like this limp biscuit versus the you know the yeah, TRL was stuff. like the last big music show on MTV and I only yeah. know anything about it because my brother uh Joe who is a pop cult pop culture guy but not necessarily a music guy watched yeah. TRL religiously and he lived with me for a summer in Ooh. 99 I'm pretty sure See, and I remember watching TLR occasionally, like I'd flip through the channels back when you used to do that sort of thing. And there was never a band on there I hardly ever liked unless it was like a, a Lilith Fair type type. No, band. it was all terrible. Yeah. So anyways, I, you know, I, it, it was kind of fun to reflect on my own p- tastes at the time. But I mean, for those that don't know what the movie is about, there were, there was the original Woodstock and then there was a Woodstock 94, which was kind of like a rehyped version of the original Woodstock, but it had a lot of similar acts and it was, you know, during 94, that was when grunge was kind of at its height. So well, it was authentic. What like the authentic music was kind of anniversary. Yeah. Something like that. So they decided to do it again in 99 because why not? Um, but they picked a lineup of bands and it was every single one of the bands, except for the three women that performed, which was Alanis Morissette, Jewel and, um, Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. I mean, they were all pretty much just man angry bands and they were all. But that's what was about. popular in ninety nine. Like that whole new metal thing, that was everything in ninety nine, two thousand. So not not on my stereo. No, but not for me either. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like yeah. I watched Yeah, I know. That was I, it was the height of popularity. Through osmosis, yeah. I picked all that stuff up and yeah, it it was all And of course, awful. you know, looking at it through today's lens, it just has a really nasty flavor to it. I mean, so of course it does because it's back before we learned a lot as a society and stopped doing a bunch of shit. Or Limp Biscuit just know. did Lollapalooza, man. So oh. no one's yeah. learned. So power to them, I guess. They're still but Lollapalooza. Anyway. So, I mean, 
I've grown up a little bit since then, at least I think. Um, and uh, I hope the rest of the world has. But yeah, yeah, it, it is a horrifying, horrifying movie. <laughs> but it makes a good watch. Yeah, it was a good watch. It's very for sure. good. It's a very good documentary. Um, I wanted to talk about a movie I watched on Amazon called The Dig. Uh, no, sorry, I watched it on Netflix because that's the only place it is. It came out in January. Um, it has Carrie uh, uh, Mulligan is the lead, and then Ray Fiennes um, is Ray Fiennes is kind of kind of feels like the lead for for a lot of the movie, um, but it's it's really kind of the story about the two of them, and it's. Uh, based on a historical event, um, there's a, a woman living out in the countryside of England uh, right at the point where the UK is about to go to war with Nazi Germany. Um, so it's like 1938, um, the last days of, you know, before war breaks out um, or the declaration is made and she has um, she's inherited her property from her husband who's passed away and it has all of these giant mounds at one end of this field and she thinks there's something buried there so she hires Ray Fines, who's an excavator as opposed to an archaeologist like he knows everything about archaeology, but he's not considered by the snobby establishment museum people as an actual archaeologist. She hires him to search through the mounds and try to find something. And he ends up finding something pretty spectacular. And the movie is so much deeper, um, no pun intended, for the dig so much deeper than I expected it to be. Um, I'll just go ahead and say this much. Um, I, that there's a lot of onions that were being chopped toward the end of this movie, um, in my house for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, if someone in your household is cooking, um, while this is on and you're watching it, um, it's like scene after scene. It's like, Oh, 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 um, <laughs> it just breaks your heart, but it's really damn good. Uh, the performances are fantastic. It's uh, uh, the director, Simon Stone, uh, does an absolutely fantastic job with it. And uh, it, yeah, it's based on a real event and uh, adapted from a novel and just an incredibly well done, uh, incredibly well done movie josh how about you yeah i uh watched um a movie called night on earth uh jim jarmusch movie from 1991 yeah i'd never seen it before um it's uh for those who haven't it's five stories that take place hypothetically on the same night uh, and they all involve taxi drivers and their fares um and it starts with winona Ryder and gina rowland um and from there, it gets a little more obscure. Uh, the second one's Giancarlo Esposito and uh, Armin Mueller-Stahl. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're... Uh, Everybody on here knows who Giancarlo Esposito is. 
And they should, yeah. I mean, if you've watched Better Call Saul or uh, uh, Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad, yeah, or The Mandalorian, um, yeah. So um, <laughs> it's uh, it was uh, funny at times, heartbreaking at times. Um, I gotta say, I early Jarmusch is kind of tough for me sometimes, <laughs> but uh, with his '90s stuff, I, I pretty much love everything I've seen so far. So. Um, but uh yeah it was uh, it's on hbo max and i would uh, i would recommend it uh absolutely aaron how about you recently i picked up a movie that a couple of my friends have been suggesting to me called guns akimbo with mm-hmm. uh daniel radcliffe and samara weaving and I'm a I'm a pretty big Samara Weaving fan. I, I loved her in Mayhem. I loved the Babysitter movies on Netflix. Uh, Ready or Not was fantastic. And and this is another movie where she finds herself in a very weird situation. Um, but really exciting, incredibly funny, and just absolutely balls to the wall action. It's it's so good. If you haven't seen it, you definitely should. Guns akimbo and everything. Indeed. All right. Well, uh, our movie this week was Wait Until Dark. It was my suggestion. Uh, Aaron, what did you think of Wait Until Dark? Man, this movie. I am so disappointed that I did not know it existed before this. Uh, I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it, start to finish. Um, Audrey Hepburn did an excellent job. Alan Arkin, as wrote, was creepy. Just like the 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 nicest way you can put it, incredibly creepy. Um, has a wonderful jump scare at the end. Um, it, it absolutely earns. There's a literal everything. jump scare at the end. <laughs> Indeed, when Alan Arkin just yeets himself out of nowhere <laughs> but <laughs> thought he was dead nope yeah it, but it, it was the the tension built up so well throughout the movie and it earned that jump scare and that's something a lot of movies don't do nowadays uh so it, it was it, it it made me incredibly happy i i very much enjoyed this movie so much so that I bought it um, and it, it reminded me of um, I, I don't know if you've seen it I'm a, I'm a big Mike Flanagan fan mm-hmm. uh, he did uh, Hill House and Bly Manor yeah um, he he also did a movie in 2016 called Hush which is a home invasion movie where the main character is deaf yeah, we saw uh, that in the so theater together. Did we? Gosh, man, yep. that's been a while back. Because uh, it came out during the time movie. when we saw every movie in the theater together. That's 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 a good point. <laughs> there's there's video proof of us doing it. It's proof of nothing. It's proof of nothing. No. Um, really good movie. Um, I I this came out about. 11 years before another movie that it kind of gave me vibes of uh, called Eyes of Laura Mars. Um, it, it's just like 
how did I not know this movie existed? I mean, it's got Audrey Hepburn, um, like just, just so good. I, I was so very impressed with this film. Right on, uh, Christine. How about you? I really enjoyed it as well. Also surprised that I had not seen it because I'm a huge Audrey Hepburn fan. Um, also, I super agree with Aaron about the jump scare. It really reminded me of a cat just darting out at you and grabbing your ankles and stuff like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> who's throwing? Who's throwing Helen Arkin around? <laughs> So mystery science theater joke is always who, who threw that cat in here? Yeah, you know exactly. Um, uh, the I'm glad that her husband was not there through most of the the movie because he really bothered me. Just pushing her like I understand why he was pushing her all the time, but that whole time I was like, come on, just give her just a break, just like. Even at the end there, uh, when he is uh, ha- having her walk to him from behind the fridge, it's just like, come on, just she's been through all this trauma. Just go to her. Just come on now. Mm. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I was like, you asshole. Exactly. Don't give her a hug. <laughs> Other than her husband, I love this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait until he's gone, I guess, is is the review there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh, how about you? Yeah, uh, I I really liked this movie the first time I saw it, and uh, like it held up very, very well the second time. Um, with any movie based on a play, I'm always looking for, like, where, what scenes are they adding to make it more cinematic? And uh, I decided... Um, that sergeant getting run over repeatedly in the parking lot was probably not in the original play. Uh, but, uh, yeah, other than that, um, I, I had, I remembered that the little girl had the doll and I was like, how oh, that little girl's such a pain in the ass, but, um, uh, hard to like character. Um, <laughs> she is the, the worst. She is I, the worst. I, I had way yeah. more problems with her than I did the husband. But exactly. Yeah. I, I texted Christine. She is the worst when she came <laughs> on screen. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so um, Richard Crenna, though, uh, I haven't seen him outside of the Rambo movies, maybe. Um, he was a big I, TV star at the time. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, he so was bes- in. Uh, Whatever sixty six, uh, whatever that show was called, Route sixty six, um, or uh... I, I may be getting that wrong. And then he was in a, mo- a show called The FBI. And oh, so like he was always playing a cop. That makes sense. He's got that authoritarian or that authoritative, not authoritarian, but authoritative uh, view. Uh, makes you trust him and want to do what he says. Yeah, uh, he's a charismatic guy. Yeah. Kind of a John Forsyth character, mm-hmm. I think. Sometimes. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You you want to trust him. He played a great role there as the in the overly complicated scheme they came up with to try to get that damn doll. Um yeah, I was like, wow, you guys must have put at least twenty 40 hours of work into just coming up with this backstory of why you had to get the doll. Um, but I loved it. I loved every second of, uh, of that. Um, they just let the girl live long enough to get the doll. Right. They wouldn't have had to gone through any of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
And plus, at my at certain point, I was like, just give them the doll. Why do you care at this point? <laughs> like, just get them. I mean, yeah, I understand Alan Arkin's going to murder you now. But when it was just uh, Richard Crenna and the, the detective, I was like, yeah, just get rid of them. That's all you got to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I check off safe, never got opened, um, which bothered <laughs> me a little bit. Um, I really wanted to know what was in that safe. Um but yeah, no, I love this movie. I I, I think it's great. Um, so yeah, right on, Alicia. Uh, I really like it overall. It, it wasn't my first time either, but it was kind of funny because when I watched it this time, I remember watching it going, "Huh." I, I didn't remember Audrey Hepburn had a husband, and then I realized why I had remembered it that way, because we hardly see him. So I was like, oh, okay, that's why, because he is hardly in this. But um, I really liked it overall. Uh, I love Alan Arkin, and it's always fun to see him do something that's not as comedic. I think he's great at the comedic stuff that he's done more later in his career, but he's really fun in this. Uh, even though sometimes I was like, is that his voice? Is he doing a voice? Is he being dubbed? What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Um, a few things kind of bothered me. One, like Josh had mentioned, was the very complicated uh, scheme that they have. I kind of felt like they were hanging out in the van doing table reads of how they're going to go about <laughs> doing this big plot. Because I'm like, how did they keep track of all this and their lines and everything? Um, I also got really bothered at the beginning, which I know I mentioned to Nathan several times, who just keeps a plate of open cold cuts in the fridge? Like, they got to seal those up. Like, I didn't know what was going on with those coming the out of the fridge. The 60s, man. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and it's an old fridge. It could go, she said it goes out all the time. It doesn't work very well. What are you They're doing? Cold uh, They're cold cuts. There's... I don't know. What There's the hell's going to happen to them? There's turkey. The nitrates are going to spoil? Hey... With all had, the ice in that fridge, they'd be frostbitten at the I had an incident with a sandwich in elementary school. Okay, let's just not do that. And then the other thing that kind of bothered me is, why are we not locking our door? We're not locking the door. We're never locking the door. Door's not locked at the beginning. Door's not locked after it come in. Freaky stuff goes down. Door's still not getting locked. People know things are happening. Open door. Like, you'd think we'd get... You know, I know she's blind, but she knows how to lock a door. So I kind of felt like we needed to have the door locked a little bit more. But other than that, great, good suspense. Um, I I, I think she did a great job in it. I'm sure she was wanting to try something a little different when she did it. And, and of course, the cast of characters is great. So overall, it's good. Okay. Well, that just leaves... Two people. Nathan. So I'll just sum up the little girl's character by saying, I only threw on breakables. Don't step on that knife. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this was a movie I actually saw halfway. It was one of the many movies back in the day when you didn't have plans to watch a movie. You just turned on the TV and whatever the hell was on, you watched. I've seen this the first half of this movie now twice. Or excuse me, the second half of this movie now twice. Uh, the first half was brand new to me. Um, I was going to say, if you've great. ever seen the first half of this movie, there's no way you didn't see the second half of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I had to kind of like, hey, what what's happening here exactly? Because I, I the first half, he goes through his little plot. Uh, Alan Arkin goes through his little plot, and I honestly, I was just kind of like going, yeah, okay. I'm I'm too bothered by his voice, I think, or something to actually really follow what the heck he was saying. It's a weirdo beatnik. Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. It was a really weird Alan Arkin <laughs> in this, true. but he was good in it. Um, but. I, you know, the the whole element of seeing things through the eyes of someone else 
or lack of eyes for that in this matter. Uh, and a mystery, that's a good combination. I mean, I'm a big fan of Darmok from Star Trek, so trying to learn a new language in one episode is kind of fun. This is kind of the same sort of genuine, how does it work exactly? You're watching the blind woman figure out everything because she's just hearing what she hears, and she pieces it all together as she's going. And it's just great. It's fun from that standpoint. And yes, the um, intensity just ramps up the whole way. And I got to say, this is nowhere near my favorite Audrey Hepburn movie, but I think it might be the best one I've seen her act in. Um, Mm. You know, she's fine and plenty of other things, but she's playing kind of one note characters most of the time. Um, She's, she's doing the whole thing in this. That's pretty great. She even holds up the scenes with the little girl. So so there's movies that you think that you think are better that she doesn't act as well in. Oh, for sure. Like I'm a big fan of breakfast at Tiffany's and, and all those, she shows a lot more range in this movie. Um, and plays a character that's not as much just like herself. I kind of feel like, okay, um, fair enough. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I, this demolishes breakfast at Tiffany's, but that's just me. Oh, I, I, I'm an Audrey Hepburn fan from a long time back. So, I mean, most of the movies I, I mean, I'm a huge charade fan. Um, yeah, we did that on the show. I just love. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I like a lot of her other movies a lot more. They're closer to my heart. Uh, but this one, she does a more strong performance in, I think. So um, that's kind of my thought. I, I really like it. So um, what the hell me? I, I will half-heartedly ask, not just because it's me, but because it seems like um, we got glowing reviews. Um, that is not a surprise to me. Uh, this movie is a masterpiece. It's one of the best movies um, I've seen, and it's a movie that doesn't deteriorate on repeat viewings. Um, it doesn't fall apart on repeat viewings. Um, I think some of the stuff, Alicia, that you were talking about with, uh, you know, how do they remember all of this and everything's so elaborate, they're all just improvising as they go, trying to get her to reveal this thing. And so whenever they're not in the room, you know, they're, quickly summarizing the information they were able to capture and then sending in the next round, you know, and they're only planning one or two steps ahead of her. They're always, you know, signaling with that blind until she catches them signaling with the blind. And then you kind of think she's figured them out, but then they sort of get back in control and then she sort of got a plan and then her plan falls apart and then Mike dies. And yeah, so it's, the the ratcheting up of tension is so good um it's not a horror movie it's very much the consummate thriller just tension 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 um you know the only movie i've seen recently that kind of feels the same way um would be like knives out or maybe parasite um where it's just peeling back layer after layer after layer and, and there's more and more going on. Um, I made copious notes um, this time through the movie. Cause I, I really know it. Um, it's been several years actually since I've watched it, but um, I knew like without rewatching it, that this was going to be an easy choice. And since there were a couple of people on the show that hadn't seen it, um, I've thought, yeah, like they need this in their life for sure. So um, the directing is one of the best things about this movie. 
Um, we talked about Audrey Hepburn's performance, Alan Arkin's performance, um, the uh, the the Mike character um, is also very good. Um, but Terrence Young was the director of this, and apart from this, uh, he is most famous for directing three of the four. James Bond movies, the four first James Bond movies. He directed Dr. No from Russia with Love and Thunderball. Um, so only Goldfinger out of the first four weren't him. Um, and then this movie actually came um, two years after Thunderball. So he had all of those giant high budget action movies under his belt and he focuses it all so perfectly into this one little apartment where it's just as exciting as a James Bond movie. It's crazy um, how much you keep going with this. So um, right off the bat, the first thing every time with this movie is that Henry Mancini soundtrack, um, the Wait Until Dark theme song, which for music nerds, um, that's accomplished with two grand pianos. One of them is detuned a quarter step down on the scale, which is about halfway between one note and the other on a normal piano. So when it's doing that, jing, 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 you can't do that on one piano. You have to have some kind of detuning element and that's really easy to do with a pitch bender on a keyboard, but to do it with a piano in 1967 was, uh, was an undertaking. And so it's, it's just this unsettling, it's out of tune. There's all this musical tension. It's great. Um, for, for no reason whatsoever. Um, my sister happens to live in a basement brownstone apartment, similar to the one in this movie. Um, Hers isn't nearly as deep as this, but uh, when you go underneath the stairs of a brownstone, there is an entrance there. And my sister's apartment is on one side of the stairs at a brownstone. So that's kind of fun. Um, Geraldine. I always forget about Geraldine, but I love Geraldine. Um, what's her trick? <laughs> Geraldine being Alan Arkin's knife uh, that he pulls out. Um, someone says, Oh, hi, Lisa, which is funny for in retrospect about the room. There's also a lot of unintentional, um, I'm, I'm, I'm blind. Oh, I see. There's lots of that going on. That's never commented <laughs> on in the movie. <laughs> like, well, I guess I'll see you later. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Audrey Hepburn is Batman. She says so. Uh, Jack Weston, uh, who played Carlino, uh, is Harvey Weinstein in this movie. For some reason, that's just what his character looks like to me uh, through that. Um, Gloria. Gloria's cycle of abuse throwing things on the floor and then turning around and saying, you're gorgeous. Once she's <laughs> yeah. all upset. <laughs> that is what we call the cycle of abuse or the merry-go-round for, for people that don't like the other, the other phrase. Um, 
And then the last thing I did was, uh, um, oh, not the last thing. Uh, the playwright who wrote this uh, had earlier written another really famous tense play that got written into a movie. Um, he actually wrote the screenplay version, and it's Dial M for Murder. So, uh, Frederick, not. Um, the last thing that I did was I, I broke down the climax um, by by running time because I think it's fascinating how this works. Um, when I think about this movie in my head, I cannot understand or remember how it goes as long as it does. It seems like it, everything happens so fast in this movie. And the crazy thing is how long the actual climax scene of the movie is. Um, it's one of the highest regarded scenes. I think it was like AFI's like number. The climax is like the number sixth uh, biggest movie scare of all time is just the whole ending of this movie. Um, so she breaks the lights at 83 minutes when there's 23 minutes left in the film. That's just crazy. It's, it's crazy how much stuff is, is left and how much climax happens after that point. Mike dies eight minutes later at 91 at 95. We have the world's scariest scarf. Uh, 98s when the refrigerator light comes on. 101 is when someone gets stabbed. And then 102 is the literal jump scare. So flying Helen Arkin. (laughs) But, uh, no, I, I love this movie. Um, I, I wish there were more movies like this. This is one that my mom recommended one time when I was a teenager, when I started watching mystery shows on PBS and got into all of that. And she was like, eh, if you like that, you'll you'll like this old Audrey Hepburn movie. And I was like, okay, whatever. And it's just, just amazing. So I talked about Knives Out, Parasite. Are there other movies like this that you would recommend to people? I mean, Hitchcock, it reminded me a lot. Uh, it had some rear window energy, I thought, for sure. I thought so, too. Yeah. That was actually like a- my backup selection. If everybody had seen Wait Until Dark was rear window. I kind of thought that yeah. crypt scene when she's breaking all the lights and this and that. And it kind of, I was like, because I had forgotten a lot of this movie since it's been a long time since I saw it. I was like, is she going to get flash bulbs and like, do that whole thing like Jimmy Stewart? You know, since she's blind, she doesn't see it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there's a few, uh, as I st- said earlier, Hush and Eyes of Laura Mars are two good ones. Um, they're uh, from the opposite side of... Uh, blindness is uh, don't breathe uh, mm. which was a recent one with Stephen Lang it kind of has the same energy um, green room that's the other one I was thinking of mm. that's a good one which the, is the uh, fact that that one's another one that that just keeps unraveling and unraveling and tension just goes higher and higher all the way through with uh Patrick's the most evil Patrick Stewart you'll ever see. 
um, Patrick Stewart basically playing the Alan Arkin role uh, in this one. So, and that was directed by uh, the guy that directed uh, Blue Ruin. This this movie, uh, I think somebody had mentioned that it was based off of a play, and I I really think it benefited from that because for the most part we are trapped in this apartment with her the camera doesn't venture out mm-hmm. you know we're we're just stuck with her and and i think that was a benefit to the movie um, well uh nathan it is your turn to suggest a movie what would you like for us to watch next well, I've been wanting to watch this movie, so we are going to watch it together, and it is The Last Detail from 1973, starring Jack Nicholson. Okay. Oh, uh, it is two Navy men are ordered to bring a young offender to prison, but decide to show him one last good time along the way. That's actually a decent description. All right. Well, uh, that sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for the discussion on Wait Until Dark. Thanks, everybody, out there for listening, and we'll see you on the next Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast.